Well, shall I? Oh, oh dance. Do do some mime. I think I've forgotten how to live. <laughs> if my body didn't have muscle memory, I'd just be lying on the floor, <laughs> not breathing. What, what happened? I... Are you having a crisis? Welcome to... Uh... That, that started so well. Come on, you can oh, do this. Good. Believe. Okay. Believe. Welcome to episode... <laughs> Welcome to episode 52 of yes. the Mid-Faith Crisis Podcast. 52, we are two years old. Happy birthday to us. We have knocked these out every two weeks. Well, almost, except we haven't done one for four weeks. But No, it feels a bit odd, doesn't it? But we're back, everybody, and uh, Joe is back from holiday. Fresh as a daisy. Not. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's for you. You're, it, things are quite busy for you, you're saying. Uh, it was Well, yeah, really. But it's good. But they're, they're, yeah. You know, it's like, you. I don't know whether you get this, but I go for about six months, I guess, between two holidays of two weeks, mm. which I'm very honoured to have two holidays of two weeks every year. But I, but I do get to, after about five months of doing funerals and being around death, as well as some personal tragic stuff that's been going on, friends dying and all this sort of thing, I get to the end and I just say, I can't do another, I cannot do another funeral. And, I, you know, that's bad news if you're a funeral celebrant. No, mm. That ain't good. And mm. you say, I can't do this anymore. And you go away and you get refreshed and relaxed and then you're up and ready for another six months. But... I came back and normally the work is slow, but it happens to be full on. But it was a wonderful holiday with our dear friends Dave and Ali, and we were down in West Dorset. And what a glorious place that is. And we fossiled in Lyme Regis and we fished. And You we, fossiled? We fossiled. I believe that's a verb, to fossil, I, is it? I don't think it is, is it? Okay, you I went, hunted for fossils. I went fossiling. It's like when they, the Olympians suddenly started meddling. Do you remember that? They suddenly they used to win a medal, and now they go, well, I'm hoping to meddle. And you're thinking, well... No, really? but you can't, surely one can go fossiling. Count one? No, I've never heard of it as a verb. Have you? What do you, you're so ignorant. If only you had a bit more expansive mm. vocabulary, like what I've true. got. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for starting the whole podcast with death. That was good. <laughs> you haven't heard half of it. I'll tell you. Death, later. Really? Oh, it's oh, dreadful. Lord. Oh, it's a, yeah. Death is death very much in the air. Yeah, well, good. Two years in, we're all cheered up, <laughs> everybody. That is our lives. The life of a funeral celebrant, everyone, I'm telling you. Okay. You've got to be content with It's a challenging job, I think. It's a very challenging job you have, I think. It is a very challenging job, but so is your job. Speaking of which, how's the book going? Um, speaking of death. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. Uh, do you know what? It's like I'd forgotten how to write. I don't know how well, to write anymore. Yeah, that's also not good if you're a writer. I I, I would know. imagine. Oh, oh it's because I haven't done a sort of major project for quite a while in terms of this sheer scale of stuff, and uh, oh. oh, so it's a bit hard. But it's gradually coming. It's 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 sort of taking shape. Books are a bit like this. Sometimes they 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 you know they're. They're almost sort of fully formed. You know where they're going. You know how they the write themselves. You, you know the voice. I don't know about that, but they they hmm. they do that. And then other times they are like carving. I don't know something out of marble or something. It's just painful, hard hmm. work. And this one is 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 
slightly painful hard work, but mm. not as painful and hard work as it's going to be to read it. So I kind of, uh, I, I'm, you know. And not as painful and hard work as it is for a listener listening to us prattling on this podcast. Whinging. Frank. <laughs> whinging, <laughs> whinging on our second anniversary. Well, we should be we shouldn't be whinging. We, we should, should be having be a meal have, together. Well, I know we, we should, should, we should have be eating wine. cake. Yeah. We should be doing all those things. There so should if anyone be a cake. wants to come round uh, you know, to the strand in Worthing and bring cake, you're very welcome. Just, you know, message that's, me. That's great. Well, yeah. Uh <laughs> Hey, can I yeah. tell you a couple of great books I read on holiday? Uh, on very then. quickly. Well, two. Because uh, I've been feeling a teeny bit anxious of late. Uh, I read um, Notes on a Nervous Planet by Matt Haig. And it's a very easy read. And it's just full of, you know, good little wise, punchy, pithy, helpful stuff. So if any of our listeners are feeling a bit anxious, that book's a pretty good tonic. And I read a really old book. Well, I say really old. It's written in the 50s. Um, Honest to God by John Robinson. I eventually got round to reading it. And it was a rewarding read. Hmm. Was Maybe. it 50s or 60s? I, can, I think it was early 60s, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I don't well, know. Anyway, I not that matters mean, at all. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, yes, because you know books. Oh, no, no. I remember he was the Bishop of something. Woolwich or something? Something like that. Yeah. But he had some great ideas and very interesting stuff. And uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It. may mention it later. I'd, yeah, OK. Great. We'll bring it up. Good. Well, I, yes. Um, what have I... Um, what have you been doing? I read uh, Clive James's latest poem, which is a, a really? big, yeah, a big long poem. It's two hundred two hundred page poem. As in Aussie, Clive James. Mm, as yeah, in amazing observer, man. As amazing yeah, man. Yeah, amazing yeah. poet. I recommend him entirely. So that was good. I've been reading a lot of poetry recently, actually, simply because when you're enmeshed in a book of prose yeah. and uh, quite sort of, you know, particularly prose about the Bible. I yeah. just thought it's quite good to read stuff that's going to break your head out of that space. And ah. um, poetry is very good for that. It kind of mm. challenges you to use language differently. So okay. um, oh, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. Well, good. Anyway. Good. Good. And how is your soul? Oh, it is well. It is well with is my it really? soul. Actually, it is good. I was out last night yeah. speaking. And hello to the people in Ashted in Surrey where I spoke. I did a dark night at the shed evening. And I met uh, Keith, who's a fan of the podcast and he, he was great keith said um he said uh you know that the, the what the hell episode and the letter mm. we had about it saying you know we were too frivolous and, oh, and yeah. all that kind of stuff he said in his opinion it could have done with more jokes so <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we well, go i would have thought so <laughs> yeah yeah so that was good um yeah so that's nice so shout out to those people that's very kind of um, kind of reception i had last night so it was good and you've got an evening coming up, haven't you? You want to talk about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got a day coming up with my bestie. Oh, day, is it? Uh, my bestie, you mean. Alex, Dr. Bestie. Alexander Shire. He now, mm. there is a writer, Nick. There oh, is a so guy annoying. who can write really well and speak brilliantly. <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. just exudes, you know, oh, knowledge yaddy, yaddy. and wisdom. And Anyway, no, no, we are really excited. We're, I'm just putting on a day with him on November the 10th at One Church in Brighton. And there's a link on the podcast, uh, on, on the podcast website. On the website, I should say, Even. would have been a better way of saying yes, that, I suppose. Yes. Uh, so if you want to um, come along on that day, it, honestly, I promise you, it will be a real treat to meet him. It's just his insights and his understanding of the whole Semitic tradition is second to none. It is brilliant. Rob Bell describes him as his favourite teacher, 
and uh, not without good reason. Really, really interesting day. So uh, tickets are £25, um, so we're hoping to make a bit of a gift for him. If we get 20 people along, that will probably make it worth his while coming to the UK, as he is, specifically to do this. He's actually going... He, he will have just walked the Camino Way, which he does quite regularly, and he guides people through that. So he'd have been walking for a couple of months... And then he's stopping off here to do this day for us before he goes on to the States. Yeah, he's a very kind and a very lovely man, and it will be great. So please do book a ticket if you want a great day on Saturday, November the 10th in Brighton. That is okay, it. So we'll, we'll put that info on the website. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, good. All right. So uh, that's uh, Alexander Shah in, in November. And also, you wanted to talk about the. Um, uh, bird watching oh, idea. Yes, yes, yes. That yes, you yes. just sort of threw out. Well, I threw it time. out, but it's you know we're making it a thing. It's going to happen because a couple of people have said they'd really like to come on it already, and I know of others who might. So, uh, I have booked uh, ten rooms at the Wesselton Inn, uh, Crown Inn, in, um, which is right next door to the RSPB's premier bird site in Suffolk uh, called Minsmere, and we will see we will see bitterns and marsh harriers and nightingales and we will get together and we'll have 24 hours together and we will drink real ale and there's lovely food. The only thing is it is a teeny bit pricey that place, but it's the only real great accommodation near the reserve. So I'm going to try and get the prices down a bit and then we'll put all the details on the website. Mm. But if you are a bird watcher, mark out Friday the 7th of June 2019 for 24 unforgettable hours. <laughs> 24 unforgettable hours of what? Well, bird watching, essentially. Yeah, but it's, you make it sound like we're going to be bird watching solidly for 24 hours. Well, no. It's, it's not just, an extreme it's, sport, it's, is it? It's it not an be. endurance bird it watching. It could be an extreme sport. It could be a bit wet if it, if the weather's lousy. But the well, it's the beginning is, of June, so let's hope that it's it, not going to be. It okay. will be endurance for anybody to be with us for 24 that is, hours. That is absolutely true. So if you think yeah. you have the stomach for it, we're looking for 10 people. Well, less than that now. Really. Um, anyway, yeah. we'll put details on that as soon as the as soon as we've actually thought of the details. That yes, exactly. Yeah, no, well, great. I've got the details. There well, you are. You've you, had them. Yes, not very detailed details. Yeah, I'm not really great. a detail guy. <laughs> You're more big picture. Yeah. Kind of guy. <laughs> okay. Good. Right. Well, that's all the. Um, I think that's all the church announcements. The church notices. <laughs> I think that's all the notices for this week. <laughs> Let's take up an offering. Shall we? Um, <laughs> Uh, so let should we go in? Should we have we had any feedback? What have we, oh, what we, we have. Had? We have quite a lot, haven't we? Actually, and it's and it piled up because I tell you what, and I'm so, t- sorry to people. It obviously piled up because you were away, and people were sending in emails, and, um, and obviously don't, I don't respond. You don't do email. That's not my job. No, exactly. It's no. not my gifting. It's beneath. I don't you. have the gifting of emails, as no, Paul you don't. talks about. No, that. exactly. You didn't, but but I do. Yes. <laughs> so. So are we, I mean, you know, most of these, of course, we won't be allowed to read out because it will be in contravention of Clause 57.8 of subsection D of Nick's We're British and Embarrassed and, you know, we can't possibly (laughs) read out anything nice about us. And if we do, we have to say straight afterwards how rubbish we are. No, look, I don't think people want to listen to us reading out praise of ourselves but surely people have the opportunity not to write in to say hey thanks we yeah, really but they, appreciate it's one it. thing to write it in isn't it and then it's another thing to say well i'm you know i'm writing this in so that you can read it out on 
on the podcast. No, okay. you know, I, I, I accept there's a certain Britishness to me that I feel very uncomfortable when people are praising me and I feel that they're bound to insult me. Well, the thank next goodness it doesn't happen very often. But, but, <laughs> but you know, anyway, okay. let's get on to the meat. OK, let's so go. David says, yeah. thank you for the recent podcast on the cross. It was fantastic to hear people in, uh, writing with similar thoughts on atonement and the cross to myself. I wouldn't say I've been struggling with this, but I have been trying to think on what makes sense and how I can communicate my thoughts to the congregations as a local preacher in the Methodist church. Uh, There you go. That's interesting, isn't it? Let us know how that goes. Uh. Okay. Andy uh, says this, just been listening to two podcasts on the grass, which were so useful. I have two thoughts to offer. He says, I find the role of being granddad so helpful to understanding how father God might see us as a parent. You fret and worry over your child's behavior and achievement and discipline is part of that. As a grandparent, you just experience unconditional love for them. Yes, they're naughty sometimes, but it does not change my love for them, nor what I would be prepared to give for them. And he says, I've spent many years as a worship leader, changing words like, till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied, to the love of God was satisfied. I struggle with the whole issue of substitutionary atonement for personal sin, see Grandad point above, and found your quote from Brian McLaren to be helpful. However, when I read my newspaper and the level of injustice, cruelty, harm, greed and selfishness in the world, then I can understand how God would feel wrath against the people and corporations that harm his children. So may wrath is the right word, but in a much larger context and not just me and my personal problem. Yeah, I think that's very helpful. It's a good thought, isn't it? Very helpful. I like yeah. I like the, the 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 grandfather image is is I think really helpful and um very good. And I I agree. I think that the wrath of God thing is is complicated. I'm sure that there is stuff that makes uh, that people do that makes God very angry. Uh, that would be absolutely right. It's just whether that tips over, I suppose, into the sort of perpetual punishment is the issue really. But uh, yeah, no, it was a really helpful email. Thank you very much. Uh, from Helen, dear Nick and Joe, I recently had a mastectomy for breast cancer at the age of 47 and was spending a lot of time recuperating. Listening to podcasts is helping me pass the time. How about that? Uh, I'll just listen Are to you one... sure you should be doing this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I just, is this the ultimate recuperation? I've just listened to the one on Helen, found it too short, but you asked for our experience and she talks about various experiences and those oh. sort of things. But... Regarding worship songs, can I bring a whole new dimension to this? I've learnt British Sign Language, BSL, and I've had the joy of trying to interpret various songs. My personal favourites are lots of Christmas carols where Jesus keeps moving between being a baby in the manger and being the ascended Lord. God and the ascended Jesus live in the top right corner of the signing space, whereas the baby Jesus is usually in the middle in front of you. It's very difficult to keep track of where you left Jesus. (laughs) All who are thirsty... Dip your heart in the stream of life. I have a picture of someone removing their heart from their chest, dipping it in a river and then putting it back in the ultimate. These are the days of Elijah riding riding on the clouds, astride like a horse or a bike or standing on a cloud as in surfing or even surfing on two clouds. I have to admit I cheat and sign he comes in glory. A lot of metaphors become very odd if thought of visually. Open the eyes of my heart. Hmm. Keep it going, she says. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> I think uh, British Sign Language, people do sign language is just wonderful. Um, my wife learnt it for a bit and, uh, you know, she's she used to lead us in a kind of sign ver- sign language version of the Lord's Prayer and it's just brilliant. Yeah. Actually, because it, 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 it forces you to sort of embody it, as it were, and yeah. to sort of act it out. It's great. But, uh, yeah, I can imagine I would like, signing worship songs. I would like that video songs, on our website. Just so. Signing worship songs would be brilliant. Okay. Yeah, difficult. Okay, Esther wrote in with a great story. I'm sorry I'm not editing this because it's just so good. 
Hi guys, thank you so much for the podcast. I really enjoyed episodes 50 and 51. More of that, please. It would also be great to hear you talk about heaven. Like many of your listeners, I'm on a big deconstruction journey. Grew up Northern Irish Baptist with all the sabotaging baggage that accompanied it. Committed one of the big sins, the big sins in capital letters, Hmm. by getting pregnant at 17 and having to leave school, etc. The shame will never leave the family, in inverted commas. The staggering irony is that I'm now a Baptist minister's wife, and yes, the same guy who knocked me up, proving all the (laughs) God has a sense of humour statements. (laughs) We are now both hugely deconstructing pretty much everything we used to believe. Not easy when you're in ministry at the same time. Mm. Kind of biting the hand that feeds you. One third of the congregation are with us. One third think that we are heretics, and the rest like us some of the time and actively fight us some of the time, uh, having left or considering doing so. My hubby is on sabbatical for the autumn and at the moment I feel like if I ever go to church again it will be too soon. I have a very well developed cynical streak and struggle with a lot of what we routinely do in our churches. The kind of language you use, a lot of the stuff we sing and so on. I see people who are saved, whatever that means, behaving in a very mean-spirited way and people who regard themselves as atheists behaving just as Jesus did. Anyway, Mm. forgive my rambling. Your podcast is a breath of fresh air. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Esther. Thank you, Esther. What uh, a great a, story. <laughs> yes, it's such a difficult time. I mean, you would and understand that, oh, I think, man. more than I would. But um, I do understand that. That's such a difficult position to be in, I think. I, 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 we'll, we'll circle around, because I'd like to pick up on that, that um, yeah. people's behaviour, perhaps later on. But, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. That's okay. really... That's really uh, well, we're with you, Esther. Really. We, we are. We feel you. Um, mm, thank yeah. you. Lo siento. I think that's Spanish. What? Well, I think lo siento is Spanish for sorry, but it literally means I feel you. Does it? Oh, I feel it, not I feel you. That would yeah, be I was going to say, surely yeah, that's no, we don't, not... We don't want to do that. That's not a No, there are procedures. Theory. There are safety measures on the podcast. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> Roxanne. <laughs> You're getting all the Spanish speakers right again saying what a load of rubbish that is. Roxana yeah, says, okay. moving on as if it hadn't happened. Dear Joe, it amused me that Nick used PSA as an abbreviation for penal substitution argument. <laughs> Others use PSA as an abbreviation for prostrate specific antigen. Yes, which is a I've blood test to detect a marker yes. for prostate cancer. Ironically, PSA in this context is also controversial. Should a PSA test be offered to all men over a certain age or only those who ask for it or only to those with symptoms? These <laughs> are good questions. Should, should a penal substitutionary atonement test be offered to yes, everybody? Exactly. I don't think so. And only men of a certain age <laughs> and showing process. certain symptoms. <laughs> is, I know. On a more serious note, I appreciate your discussion. Uh, of the scandal of the cross it gives me much food for thought thank you for pointing out what should be obvious that jesus was killed by the romans and not by god i was also Mm -hmm. very interested to learn the passover offering was not actually a sin offering but was actually a commemoration of god's goodness in rescuing Mm. israel from egypt so well done you for mentioning that well you you know i I think i was stealing it off other people but thank you very much um uh roxana that's lovely and in complete contravention of your bylaw sophie says you guys are great that's it. Thank Short, you, Sophie. Shortest email we got. You're great, Sophie. No, you That's are the great, thing. Sophie. You, you are you great. Are. You're wonderful. Tim says uh, uh, said some very nice things, which obviously I'm not allowed to uh, oh, stop sh- it. say. But he said it felt like being in a pub with two blokes having an honest and surprisingly well-informed conversation with a few laugh-out-loud moments. I like this surprisingly <laughs> well-informed. That is pretty much us. <laughs> that, is, that is praise. Yeah. He yes. says, 
It says, I can't believe I haven't heard these interpretations laid out so clearly before. Despite attending church three times every Sunday for my entire childhood and more or less regularly since. Like many, I suspect that this opened the door to a richness that I've been denied within my own experience, which has involved working my way from Brethren to Baptist via fiery Pentecostal, easygoing vineyard and steady Anglican. <laughs> Very good. But that is an interesting point. I quite often come across things. I remember coming across things at college thinking, why wasn't I told this mm. years ago? You know well, that, and let me fling that back at you then. As a pastor, a former yeah. defrocked, yeah. Scandal, scandalously deposed. <laughs> scandalously whatever. deposed. Yes. Um, why, <laughs> why don't we hear this? these different versions? Why don't we hear... Because you, you, Vickers... Well, but ministers, whatever, they go to theological college, and if it's a halfway decent one, they will be presented with a range of. Well, of I'm, I'm going to give you an answer. I don't know whether you meant that rhetorically or if you actually. No, I, I didn't mean it rhetorically. I'm asking you, Joe, as representative of all pastors everywhere. Because you you <laughs> have two two roles as a church leader that are in conflict with each other. On the one hand, you are called to enter into the conversation the Bible ha- ha- is having with humanity mm. and to discover it and engage with it and teach it and open it up for others to join in the conversation, which is a wonderful part of the church leader's job. On the other hand, you are called to keep the status quo. And those mm. two come into conflict so mm. often, so much of the time, because you are the one reading the Bible and going, what can this really mean? And how, how can we interpret this? And of course, as I know, to my cost, when you start interpreting things in a slightly different way, you are, well, how can I put this? Given the old heave-ho. <laughs> okay. Is that a good way of putting it? Term. Yes, <laughs> to use the, ecclesial, the ecclesiastical term of, course. of the heave-ho. And it's really difficult when your whole housing and your family life yeah. and everything depends upon this income. And you know you think something different to the status quo or you think the status quo is wrong. And you're yeah. developing a theology that takes you beyond that. But there you go. Yeah, which is exactly, I suppose, what Esther's email was about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, for the leaders to start questioning the status quo is a very destabilizing thing. Well, yes, that, that's that was Thank that you. was absolute piffle. No, <laughs> what? No, it wasn't. No, what you said wasn't piffle. No, is that you. what you were referring to? No, yeah, me. No, no, it was really illuminating. It's good. Very okay, right, good. Um, surprisingly well informed. Okay, so, and then, uh, and then, okay, so just one more. Anna wrote uh, a lovely email, typical of many. And uh, I'm just going to read this one, okay? And you oh. can edit it out if you want to. Oh, Lord. You just don't listen to me at all, do she you? Says, anyway, go on. Dear go Joe on. and Nick, I hardly know where to begin since finding your podcast. I wanted to email to say thank you, but finding words to communicate how incredibly grateful I am is just not possible. Having accepted that, I feel I needed to try. So here goes. I was brought up in the evangelical church, rebelled as a teenager, came back as a student, married, had three brilliant girls. I have a job that I love, a house in a place we love, a great church, but still something not quite right. Throughout my faith journey, I've continually come back to the place of, is this it? And so to your podcast, a friend told me about it. And as I sat and listened to the first episode, I wept full on ugly crying. It was as if you vocalised everything I was feeling and that had done for years and articulated better than I could have done. And finally, I didn't feel isolated anymore. 
I'm now working my way through each episode, poor woman, and I look forward so much to each one, it is like I'm sitting down with good friends each time. As I journey along, I found myself falling head over heels in love with Jesus, which is a wonderful, all-encompassing thing, which touches and affects every part of my life, and I could not be more grateful to you both for all of you helping me along the way. Now, a question which I would love to hear you discuss, and then she talks about um, bringing up uh, children in a small, in a church, and... um, how can you avoid the sort of literal interpretations right. of the Bible? And is that even possible? Well, I think we've, uh, we did do an episode on we, we kind of, how to yeah. bring up children and or how, how to, to succeed with children and other myths, I think it's called. Yeah, I think Something so. like that. Yeah, so she'll come to that one. So, so maybe check, get there. check that one out. But thank you so much, Anna, for your, your words. I suppose that's really kind of um, why we do the podcast. Well, that's deliberately why I put that one there oh, it's like really. you planned these things. i know i know because it is it is our second birthday yes two yes. long years we've been stretching this out and uh, i suppose it we just thought it, it was it was it might seem quite indulgent to some but it would just be good for us to pause at the two-year mark and to restate for new listeners and they've been um more than we expected along the way so nick why did we start the mid-faith crisis podcast nick Page? why did we start why it? did we start that well i think i start i wanted to do it partly just to talk to you i'll be honest yeah. i enjoy talking to you You're and sweet, it, it, it seemed to me to be a way that we could actually do that without ever having to meet in person. And that was <laughs> yeah. an advantage. No, you know, I enjoy that conversation. <laughs> and I do think that feeds into it. It's like um, Tim's yeah. email saying about two friends at a pub yeah, yeah. talking. That is, you know, that's part of why I wanted to do it. And the other thing was just that feeling of there were so many people who exactly like Anna in that last uh, email who um, had that feeling of something's not quite right. Mm. Is is yeah. this it? Yeah, exactly. and. Wanting to say to people, and and the problem is, so often that means that people drift away. They don't actually, um, you know, they 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 sort of they think that something's wrong with them, or you know, that it's all yeah. wrong, and so they drift away. I wanted to say to people that is the most one of the most important spiritual formation questions you can ever ask: Is yeah. this it? Is this it? Great. Question. Is there has to be more? And yeah. um and to sort of get in touch with is. people like that, and that's that's really I think why why I sort of what I like to think this is about. It's about um that the questions are okay, yeah, you know, and that that there's more than one way of looking at things, and yeah. a, a, and that you can you know you can uh, follow Jesus and not be um you know a, a raving uh, lunatic. You know there are other ways of doing it. So it's all that kind of stuff. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, exactly. And and for me, I was I was doing this talk. I suppose I was touring around with Renner Valley called Mid Faith Crisis, and I, I was simply talking about the stages of faith. And it's so resonating yeah. with people that you just realise there's a huge hunger. And 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 I suppose another motivation for me was that a lot of my friends and and good friends were just leaving church. Mm. They're just leaving mm. and not going anywhere and not. And I, I suppose I, you know, I I felt sad that they give. I understand why they give up on faith. But they they they'd given up on a version of faith that I have also given up on. Yes, um, yes. But but actually, I I see a richer, deeper, more wonderful faith. Yeah. Um, so there we go. So what um, we're trying to do here, I think, all, always we've been trying to say, well, look, these the 
Because the part of the thing of the stages of faith is there's a stage, there's that stage where everything melts, where it all goes yeah. wrong, and you and the, is that it becomes there is nothing, you know, there's yeah. it becomes clinging yeah. on, um, and what we've tried to do is is in a sense really work very hard at validating that experience, those yeah. those experiences, the experiences of the dark night, the experiences yeah. of the fall, of failure Absolutely. or of doubt, or they're the most important things. Um, so really, we we started the podcast for that to to help people yeah. who are either in that, who've been through that, to learn from other people, and that's what mm. it's about, um, I think. Yeah, and 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 I want to revisit some of those earlier episodes we did because I think I think oh, do you, you know things really? have changed. Yeah, because I think things have changed and moved on, and, and you know I kind of think that's okay. Quite so let important. me ask you that question then. Uh, yeah. How do you think you have changed in the past two years? Uh, I am a much better human being. Are you? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, ask anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know if that was well, possible. To I, know. I, I have done the journey from despairing over church, just thinking, really, and um, you know, I never like some of our listeners. I never want to go to church yes. again ever. To forming my own cult and loving it. And actually, mm. really believing in the church. Actually, maybe not in all the forms that it exists, but I, I think that faith has become relevant. And ex- I can, can I give you an example? Mm, so, 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 uh, um, we we were in Soul Place last week, and we we're going through the Passion of the Christ in Matthew's Gospel at the moment. And you know, you kind of read. We were particularly focusing on the Last Supper and Jesus's betrayal, in specifically. And, you know, you can you can easily get sidetracked. And I've been part of churches and of small groups that, you know, the sermons and the discussion go sort of go along the lines of, and, you know, if the if the rubber really hit the road, would you deny Jesus? And, you know, if and, you know, we know some of the persecuting church around the world, they, they are genuinely persecuted for their faith in Jesus. But probably that's not going to happen to me, he said in 2018 in Britain. I, you know, I'm probably not going to be persecuted for my faith or face death. So, so to have an evening discussing those kind of hypothetical questions is never going to bring any transformation to my life hmm. at all. And I, I think for a lot of my Christian life, I spent a lot of time acquiring more knowledge and not being transformed in the slightest bit. Hmm. But what the story of the Passion this time did for me was... You know, if we believe truly that Christ is in us, then what does it mean to betray Christ today, now? And and the answer is, every time I'm scared or frightened or insecure or vulnerable, I've got an I've got a choice to to head into that darkness with Jesus, trusting that He will lead me through my fears into the darkness of the cross, if you like, mm. to resurrection. Or I can reach my addictions. I can just make a phone call, waste time on the internet, binge watch a TV series, reach for a drink, reach for some chocolate, do do anything. And those are little decisions that mm. I make every day. So that, what's happened in the last two years, this is my long way of answering your question, is I'm starting to read the Bible in a way that affects me today, here now. I'm starting to understand the passion narrative as an invitation today in the tiny micro decisions I make because my day is full of small decisions. And in those every decision I make, I have an opportunity to either follow Christ or I have an opportunity to deny Christ. And I'm starting to see that 
more and more. And, and you know, I can't really, of course, I can't say whether I've been transformed. You'd have to ask Rachel and the people around me whether I have oh, been. Yeah, that's really interesting. They give you the... So, so Soul Place has been useful. And this podcast has actually helped me as, as we have wrestled with the Bible and as we've wrestled with various doctrines and, and mm. you know, even, dare I say, George MacDonald, who I've been enjoying a little bit. <laughs> You know, and, and also, and and the quotes, and you, you know, I read um, John Robinson's book, Honest to God, mm. and whatever you think of that a book, and I know it's, it's pretty controversial and all, but, you know, he was taking some really interesting ideas that after the mid-faith crisis, I think we've really got to wrestle with. He was taking Bultman's stuff on, you know, mythology, and I know a lot of people hate a mythological reading of the scriptures, but I, I think we're wise to dip into that. And he was taking... Um, Tillich's stuff about God as the ground of being and you know it takes us back to one of the early podcasts you know father son and floaty thing and you know how we've got to get past we need metaphors to describe God because God is utterly indescribable but we need that apophatic tradition to say but of course God is not a far a literal father mm. God is not literally any of the metaphors we give him God is is much bigger than that and so God is not a being but God is being itself and then he was also taking Bonhoeffer uh, Bonhoeffer's stuff on religionless Christianity so he's taking mythology a mythological reading of the Bible and Tillich's stuff on the ground of being and Bonhoeffer's stuff on religionless Christianity and he was stirring it round and uh, making a very controversial statement and I think for people for those of us in the mid-faith crisis this is the kind of these are this answers some of the questions and vocalizes some of the questions that we have in our heart how do we think about God now who is God and how do we connect with God? And what's the best language to connect with God? And do we, as Tillich says, you know, have a moratorium on the word God? Do we just use the word divine? And do we make God sexed? Do we call him father? Or do we call God mother? And does it matter? And can we do those sort of things? And is God a being that sits metaphysically outside our world in a galaxy far, far away? Or is God close in every single part of every atom that exists and so you know these are the big discussions that churches often don't do but actually the people in those churches really want to have have i gone on too long no i was just wondering whether to, to retire that was all <laughs> sorry i thought one i thought Boltman, Tillich and Bonhoeffer were the back three for Borussia Mönchengladbach. Well, they did play together for a while, but there were big differences. (laughs) Were there? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, there were rubbish in defence, really. (laughs) I think Boltman went on a free transfer. Well, I think right back at the beginning of that answer, when the world was young, there was some really interesting (laughs) stuff. No, what I picked up... You you made that brilliant point... No, you made a brilliant point about um, discussing questions that have no sort of relevance to you. Yeah, exactly. And I... I think that is so true. How much of my Christian life have I spent I discussing the wrong questions? Yes. You know, that, that are purely <laughs> theoretical. Exactly. So if nothing else in the mid-faith crisis, you know, if you can identify the real questions, you know, the really important yeah. questions, that's a great thing. You know, that's a re- that will lead to transformation. And then the other point you were making about the slowness, in a sense, of of, of, of spiritual transformation uh, transformation yeah. i was thinking about you know that the yeah. same question for myself how have i changed over the past two years and yes. i don't know I, I agree i don't know how to answer it i think i think i am slower now i think i'm not worried about reaching the answer quickly on things that's good uh, and 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 that kind of stuff because i think what happens in our 
society is we want two things we want we want instant solutions and we yeah. want easy solutions yeah so we want everything to be absolutely clear and easy and it for it to happen quickly and yeah. actually when you're involved in following jesus as you were saying with these micro decisions every day that's not what you get no. what you get is 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 slowness and you get yeah. a, 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 a and you do make progress. You do mm. change. And I think I probably have changed as a person over the past two years. But I'm not sure, it, you know, it's, it's been measured in anything other than glacial speed. But you just need to persevere. Uh, yeah. And, 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 if, and if the spiritual disciplines or if being a disciple means anything, it means behaving like Jesus. And, and this yeah, is absolutely. where it sort of circles around. Because I think... You know, the church so often has made um, believing stuff about Jesus I know. obligatory, yes. but behaving like Jesus optional. Exactly. And I just think that's the other way around. Really. Absolutely. Um, and that's transformation, I think. So, yeah. you know, that, 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 that's so good. Was, I mean, before we got onto the grounds of our being and Tillich and stuff, there was Sorry really... So really, no, no, you're, you're excited about this book and it's good because... You know, it's well, not often I, you read a book. So that's no, quite, exactly. And I'm frankly, thrilled. Frankly, it was 99 pages. Was it? And, and the other book was 300 pages, and the other book could be read in two days, and and the 99 pages took me the rest of the yeah, holiday. I bet it it's did, actually. Yeah. I, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it and see what I think. Yeah, but, um, it's, yeah. it's good. Anyway. That, now, that's the point. We, I think mid-faith crisis, and hopefully this thing, you know, we don't want to spend ages talking about nothing in particular. We yes, want to talk about yes. things that actually matter to people. Yeah. And it's not about having a nice new set of beliefs. You know, the invitation of Christ is into a radically transformed life, a whole new way of living on the earth. So how are we living is always the question. Not what do we believe. It's not even that interesting what we believe. Uh, what I believe is very interesting. Well, it's interesting to uh, you. No, it's interesting to everybody. And don't disillusion <laughs> me. My whole life is built around that, Joe. OK. I'm clinging on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough. I think more than enough for this uh, podcast. Thank you for listening. We are two. We're going to go away and have a celebratory thing. Yes, we are, and we also invite you to write in. Thank you, those of you who have written in with ideas for things you want discussed. We have heard them, and they shall be appearing. Lord knows if we'll make any sense of any. Of yes. Them. Uh, do you know what I did actually? As part of this, I listened back to some of the old podcast episodes, which is painful, oh, no. frankly. Yeah, oh. I know. Um, but. Uh, I've noticed how often we've promised episodes on things and actually haven't delivered. Oh, <laughs> right. the... yeah, so do you remember one... the movie episode? Oh, yeah. We were going to do a movie episode, weren't we? We should redo yeah. that. Well, so we'll pick up on um, <laughs> things and we'll try and pick up on some of the questions that have been in this feedback and we'll be back in uh, a couple of weeks' time with another episode um, into our third year. So thank you very much for listening. Thanks for coming on the journey with us. We love you. Thank you. Bye-bye.